0: Welcome to another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity where we share the stories of individuals who have broken into cyber within the past five years, hear their adventures and all the details about their breaking in. Today, we have McKenna who will be sharing her story of breaking into the industry and we'll be hearing tips and tricks from her. I'll ask um, If you're coming in from different locations, whether it's LinkedIn, um, YouTube, or Twitch, please feel free to ask your questions there in the chat. Uh, We'll have McKenna answer them for you and keep this going. So um, McKenna's LinkedIn profile is in the notes below. Feel free to reach out to her after the show if you want to connect. And for those of you on YouTube, hit subscribe and that notification button. And then for those of you on podcast, after the fact, give us a 10-star review. Give us a great review. Share us with your friends and family because we definitely need more people in this industry. McKenna, what got you interested in cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I had started doing work as a junior system admin um, for a power authority company, and I was asked to help support our NERC SIP um, auditing and evaluation, so I had to um, look over some of the controls that we were implementing um, and, and get familiar with the regulation requirements for that. And it just kind of like sparked my interest. Um, what's, before then, what's
0: I... um, SIP for those of, uh, those of us in the audience that might not know that acronym.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So SIP is, it's the regulatory body for, um, energy companies. Uh, there's, if anybody's familiar with, um, you know, like, um, Oh goodness, now I'm blanking. But if you're familiar with a lot of the the basic ones that we hear, um, you know, for like the California state or for um, honestly, I'm kind of blanking right now, but like honestly, uh-huh. the the main focus of Nurkzip, right, is to make sure that we're we're meeting certain regulatory requirements for um, the energy systems. So they're like, I'm sure everybody's heard about different types of uh, attacks on critical infrastructure. Um, And the regulatory bodies make sure that we're meeting certain requirements so that we can kind of um, one, stay compliant, but two, also secure ourselves from those different types of attacks. So like for me, it was really like my first kind of entry into uh, the fact that anybody could even hack those systems. Um, and what that might look like, the damage that might we might incur, but also like <laughs> the cost we would incur if something like that happened. Um, so it was kind of just like piqued my interest. Um, and since I was already dealing with a lot of the IT systems there, I didn't even realize some of the things that we weren't doing, just like basic best practice um, that we really needed to start implementing to make us more secure. So that was kind of like where I got started.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of folks started in IT. And once they realize some of the interesting things in cyber, they come on over. So uh, we have some folks in the audience. Um, Let's show uh, this is Hazel. She's saying hi. Hi. And then we have Frank Ahrens and um, Al saying hi. And then we have the first question over from Whole Cyber Human Initiative. For those folks looking to get into OT cyber, what do you suggest? A lot of roles require electrical engineering
1: degrees. Oh, yeah, that's that's a really great question. I don't specialize in OT cyber, so I am the wrong person to ask. Um, But there's, like there's a lot of interesting things with like SCADA um, that you can start looking into. Um, I'm more than happy to like, if you follow me, I I tend to give a lot of resources um, out to individuals who have questions similar to what you have um, and to refer you to people that are in those spaces that you can speak to, to, to get the information you're looking for. So I don't know if an electrical engineering degree is really needed, but then again, I'm not in that space. So I can't really tell you. I'm sure um, if you've done the research and you've looked into it, you probably know better than I do. Um, But there's often a lot of the times um, with with those roles, there's IT teams that need people. They're really small teams. Um, and those are always good starting places if you're looking to kind of like segue into that into that type of you know like the security side of it. Um, is starting out in those IT teams. So um, sorry, couldn't be more <laughs> helpful in answering that question. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> good to see you. Well, I can't really see you, but thank you for being here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, McKenna, I think that's actually great that you show that you don't need an electrical engineering role for all the cyber roles. Um, but if you do emphasize in OT, that is a possibility. So um, so you, you saw that NERC SIP needed a little more attention that you were currently getting, and you kind of wandered over there. What, where did you go from there?
1: Yeah, so when it started out, mainly I was just, um, I I was working a lot with the compliance um, manager at the time. So she would kind of feed me the information that we needed to know, because obviously NERCSIP didn't apply to everything I was doing, right? We had a separate SCADA engineer that he had to do some of the work, and then I was responsible for our IT systems. So really what kind of like, where I went after that was, I I realized how much I didn't know. (laughs) Um, Like even just basic terminology. Um, And my manager at the time said, you know, well, security plus would be a good, a good place for you to start to kind of build some of that knowledge. Um, And and so I kind of started there said, okay, well, here, here's a good point for me to start, start learning some of just like the basic terminologies, concepts and stuff like that. So that's where I really went after that after I was like helping to implement some of these controls, some of these um, requirements that we had, you know, like I remember specifically having to like go into our servers and patch them because they were like deeply not patched. So um, yeah, that's kind of like where I went after that. I was just starting to build that that knowledge and that like that terminology base, which I think is really normal for a lot of people who are interested in security, right to so go the security plus' route.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It it does provide a great foundation. And from there, was that when you got your first cyber title or was there more along the adventure for you?
1: Yeah, there is so much more along the adventure for me. Um, So, again, like because I had always kind of I've always worked with really small teams. Um, I started out in like state government and IT. Um, then moved over to the power authority, and then I I actually went and got a position with Splunk as a cloud support engineer, um, where I really got to have an interesting um, interactions and and learn a lot about like Sim and alert and monitoring and detection and stuff like that because um, I was working with a lot of uh, different customers that had different requirements for Splunk, um, but that was kind of another dive into things for me. So around that time, I was learning a lot about like Linux. um, And I got some, you know, a little bit of Linux chops. Uh, And then then from there, I realized I didn't want to be a cloud support engineer. That was not a vibe for me. So I moved back over into system administration, which was like my happy spot. Um, And uh, in that role, that's really where I started getting my hands really, really dirty with security work. Um, We were a small team, right? There was me and my director, and that was it for a company of like 80 people. Um, And there I realized we didn't even have like some of the basics, like just endpoint security. I had no way to know what we had. So I think, um, you know, a lot of the first steps of a good security program is you can't secure what you don't know what you have. So like I was starting out with just doing like basic stuff, like just getting asset inventory, asset management down. Um, and then moving into building out an endpoint security because we were remote. It was like right at the start of the pandemic. um, And I had no way to manage all of these different devices across the state of Texas. Um, So I implemented an endpoint security um, tool at the time, had vulnerability patch, had vulnerability management, patching, um, security control configuration. um, and, And that was kind of like really where I got to start getting my hands dirty and and realizing like i think this could be a career for me like i'm really interested in this work um and uh at the time i was reaching out to the community um seeing where i could you know what i could learn more about um who i could talk to who i could interact with um and that was ar- around the time i i i came um into contact with the women's society of cyber jitsu um and kind of just like flew off from there. And I think most people who have had um, a chance to interact with me have interacted with me, with me from there. So that's like kind of like where everything took off.
0: Wow. So uh, as part of uh, getting into that society, great question here from Al is how, how do you set goals and then align them with your job role or your, your personal interests?
1: Mm. So I, I think the first thing that I do is, um, one, I have to kind of understand where I even want to go, right? So like, I'm more concerned not about the job that I'm doing at the moment, but the job I want to have, the skills that I need to have for that job, like my ideal job, I'm, I need to build a skill path or a, a development plan to get there. So I set my goals, one, by like short-term goals. Um, And then long term goals. Um, And then I look at the skills that I'll need to build like so I I build out a skill tree, um, a lot of the times. And um, like, for me, the really important thing is to understand, okay, obviously, I need to understand certain tools, I need to understand certain uh, terminology and knowledge and have some in depth understanding of certain disciplines. Um, and, And from there, I will slowly build out a a really detailed I, I wish I had mine with me right now I would show. <laughs> but um I, I build out a really detailed like like skill tree for me to follow uh, a skill path if you will like a roadmap. Um and I see you know the skills that I currently have right now versus where I want to go and then how those skills kind of fit in right now with the job that I have, right? And what I need to do with my job right now to get the skills that I need for later. So for me, I'm, I'm very future focused um, and I align a lot of my goals with where I want to be. And that takes a lot of time, honestly, because like cybersecurity is massive. There's multiple domains to it. There's so many skills. You're not going to learn everything. Um, so you have to kind of really zero in on what's important to you. What do you want to do? And I always think about like, what things do I want to work with? Um, what industries do I want to be a part of what skills are needed for those industries? And then like, what's the role I'm interested in and what are the, you know, I, I go out and I talk to people, like, what are the skills that are needed for that? And then I build myself a little roadmap. So I know that was a long winded answer, but
0: (laughs) that's perfect. That's perfect. I can talk
1: about that all day. (laughs) I
0: I think your approach is, is, um, very similar to what I advise my coachees with because you you kind of find that North star. And for you, that's your future job. And then you do a a gap assessment between where you are and where you want to go. And then you you ensure that you adjust your path accordingly. Um, We have Hazel that mentions that she loves that you started with uh, asset management, because that's often overlooked in security. That's great. Um, And then we have Terry. She's like, Hi, I'm from Nigeria. I have a bachelor's in microbiology, and I'm switching from tech to cyber, uh, please advise a pathway. Um, I think you already kind of addressed that where you go out and you talk to people and maybe join the um, Women Cyber Jitsu Society. Um, And then there you can network with others that are either in your area or around the world and kind of get that path that you can follow.
1: Yeah. And again, cybersecurity is massive. So when people say, what should I do? How do I get into cybersecurity? My path will not look like yours, right? I think because cybersecurity is still very much like the wild, wild west of people getting in and like, there's no real set path because by the time there is, things have changed, right? And I think that's a tech, but no one can tell you the right pathway, right? You have to be able to identify that for yourself based off of your interest, based off of the problems you want to solve, based off of the industries you want to be a part of. No one person can tell you the right path. You have to decide that. But you can definitely find people who are working in roles that you're really interested in. And if you reach out to them and say, really interested in the in the skills you've you think are important for that job that you had to learn um and how what's the best uh way of me going to get those or what are your suggestions right it's not something like microbiology which has a very structured path for you to learn you're not going to get that in cybersecurity. so i would just say reach out to people that have interesting jobs and ask them all the questions
0: i love that um Very practical and insightful advice says Al. I would agree with that. Uh, Cyber is such a wild, wild west and things are ever changing. (laughs) I, I mean, Terry, you could take something that you learned in microbiology and say, take that to understanding how viruses or malware spread and tracing a malware infection back through its point of origin, so that you can reduce cybercrime. You mm-hmm. could go anywhere with this. This is the, the the world is your oyster.
1: Absolutely, and I love that example. That's a perfect example.
0: So, McKenna, you, we come back to your career. At this point, um, you've been kind of setting your, your your future role. You joined the Women's um, Society of Cyber Jitsu, and you're wanting to get in cyber, but you're not there yet what were some of the roadblocks that you faced um, along the way?
1: Yeah. So I think like many people, my roadblock was, where do I begin? How do I even get in? You know? Cause when I first came in, and I think this is a lot of people's experience with cybersecurity at first um, is we get over inundated with like red team, you know, it's like be a hacker, be a pen tester. Um, and for me, that just, didn't feel right. I was, it, it It didn't drive me. So I was worried was, if this is all security is, then I, maybe it's not the right role. So I didn't even know where to begin to start looking. Um, and thankfully, because of, and I'll, I'll keep the short version, WSC, I started interacting with a lot of blue teamers. Um, and I had no idea what that was. It's like, what is blue team? Like, how does that, like, can you explain it to me? And they were explaining um, what cyber defense was. Um, and I said, Oh, well, that looks very similar to like kind of the things I've done. That's really interesting. I want to know more. Um, and because of that, I was actually told of a position that was coming open uh, for a small women owned MSSP called geek girl tech um, owned by Jen DC. Amazing, amazing, amazing individual. Um, but she was giving um people of underrepresented um, communities opportunities to learn the skills that they would need um, by coming in as like consultants in her business and helping, you know, helping them learn these skills. So I sent a very long winded um, email to her to tell her how I would be so interested in the security engineer position that she had and why it meant so much to me, you know, very dramatic. And, um, she reached out to me. We had an interview and she said, yeah, I would like to bring you on. And I said, well, I can do part time because um, I work full time right now. And, uh, you know, I'm going to school full time. <laughs> and uh, she said, absolutely. And she gave me the opportunity. And the, the way that like it was, so, it was such an impactful time for me um, because Jen really allowed me to just like get into everything. And I mean, she like if you go and read up about Geek Girl Tech, they're an amazing company. Like, they're a phenomenal company. Um, and she she started giving me the skills that I really needed to start feeling more confident. And the skills that I was learning at her company, I was taking over to my system admin job to make my company more secure. Um, and around that time, I was probably there for maybe about six, seven months or so. Um, cause again, there's still a pandemic. I was juggling two jobs and doing all the things, like just trying to keep myself sane why the rest of the world didn't feel it. Um, and I was actually reached out to by my, my current manager, um, at my current company plaid. And, um, you know, he was interested in interviewing me and I was like, okay, like I'm not ready, but okay, I'll, I'll give it a go. I went through a very long, like six rounds of interviews, um, and I kept telling myself, like, "Oh, I'm not going to get this job. I'm just not qualified. I'm not there yet." But this was good experience. Um, And then they surprised me and said that they would like me for the job. I guess I must have been impressive enough.
0: (laughs) Wow. Let Let's bring up a point there because I I think this is often it often happens and it often goes untold is this situation of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. in addition to um sorry but like a lot of females feel like if they don't qualify for a hundred percent of the role mm-hmm. they, they 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 are like ah, i'm i'm not good enough but that's not true um guys would apply if they only uh was good for 40 percent of a role, yeah. <laughs> and I personally recommend a a 60, 40 split or a 70, 30 split, because it allows you to have a great competency for the role and some room to grow, because you always want to make sure you have that room to grow. Um, Absolutely. If not, you'll be bored, like um, some people might be in their role, so. um.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: So, so you got this role, this first role in cyber. Well, technically your second role in cyber because you yeah, already were doing it part-time. <laughs> um, what do you do to keep up, to keep current?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think because I, I am such an active member of WSC, um, I I keep up just simply because I'm constantly interacting with the community, right? Right. Um, so a lot of the times I'm discussing the latest type of attacks that we're seeing in our environment. I'm discussing, you know, the latest types of, uh, you know, like updates to certain frameworks or controls or, you know, different things that I'm trying to do. So like a lot of the times if I'm bumping into issues with the work that I'm doing. Um Like recently, I just got done doing a KPI metric for like our detection and alert um, program that we're trying to build at my company. And I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I was like, I don't even know where to begin. Um, And I actually bumped into um, somebody uh, named Eric Thomas and he does a lot of detection um, and response, like DNR work. And I reached out to him and he was able to like, explain to me all of these like amazing details and things that I had never thought of or, or even had like the knowledge in. And so like a lot of the times I keep up because I'm interacting with other individuals, right? I mean, outside of the, you know, constantly reading and pouring over like the latest hacking news or, or keeping up with the latest podcast or whatever, like, I, like and doing all the reading and studying and training and all that. I think the thing that is the most impactful for me is how connected I am to the community and doing that, those knowledge shares within the community. Um, KPI metric. Yeah. So um, that's like key performance indicator. So a lot of the times um, in a SOC, right, you're getting a whole bunch of alerts um, and you You know, you're you're responding to all these alerts, you're responding to false positives, true positives, all that. You have to be able to measure how well you're doing your job or how well you're you're responding to threats. So what those key um, performance indicators do is they help you compare, right? How, you know, what's our mean time to resolution, What's our, which means like how quickly from like this point that we get started, do we resolve this problem, right? Or how quickly do we respond when we do get an alert in? Like what's our standard? What sh- what's our expectation versus what's the actual reality of what we're doing? And that helps you with improvement. That helps you to see where you need to tune things, Um, maybe where there's like process breakdown, maybe where there is no process, maybe things that you need to standardize. Um, maybe there's knowledge gaps there. So really, what KPIs do is help you improve. Um, they're they're there for you to like kind of measure yourself against. So
0: perfect. Yeah. you mentioned um a, a lot of resources like uh, podcasts and websites, like do do you have any ones that you want to recommend? that specifically helped you? Because you're, you're on the blue team. And like you mentioned, oftentimes the red team gets all the attention. But um, what blue team podcast do you listen to?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I have like a huge list. Um, hold on one second. Like <laughs> I want to make sure that I, I capture the one. So um, I my first one that I really love is Hacker Valley Blue. Like absolutely love that podcast. Definitely worth a listen to. Um, if you don't like you're, you're really missing out. Um, I think right now the latest seasons are being, um, hosted by Davin Jackson, who is a red team. Like he, he does, um, pen testing. So -hmm. it's really interesting to see him kind of like talk about blue team while also adding red team perspective to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is an excellent, um, podcast that you can listen to another really great one and sorry i have to pull out my my like phone for this <laughs> <laughs> um so like cybersecurity today um the itsp magazine um identity at the center really good for those iam individuals who are really interested in that um so obviously darknet diaries like who's not listening <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, the social engineer podcast is really, really good. Um, I actually, uh, have like a, a giant list. I think I have it on my website of like really good resources that you can go to. Um, so if well, you share go, your website. Yeah. So <laughs> my website is cyberkenna.com. Um, feel free to pop over there. I have like a ton of resources and I'm constantly adding to the list. Um, But you can, you know, you can also follow me at Twitter at CyberKenna. And I tend to like dump a whole bunch of resources all the time out to everybody because I think a lot of the times, like we ask these questions, like, where do I go? Who, you know, where do you learn? Um, And and, like the list becomes so obnoxious. (laughs) that I get like overwhelmed and I can't even start to remember like who all I, I, I go to. So Mm -hmm. if you go to, to my website, you will definitely find a a giant massive amount of resources there.
0: Yeah. Has your, your Twitter, your LinkedIn has everything there. I love it. Nice, nice quick homepage there. So um, we're approaching the end of our time. If you had to look back at your journey and A little girl is looking at this and saying, I want to do this when I grow up. What advice would you give
1: her? So the first thing that I would, I would say is stay curious, right? Don't be intimidated that just because there's, um, there's more technical things that you have to get your hands into. Don't be scared off by that. Right. Um, finding a community is really important because they will lift and support you when you suffer from things like imposter syndrome. Um, But I would say, you you know, honestly, if I was looking back at myself, I would say, find one thing and just dig into it. Find something that you find interesting and dig into it with all that you have, you know, kind of get like hyper-focused on it. Um, And then when you are done with that and you come up for air, find the next cool thing, Like I tend to try to follow my interests a lot of the times. And I think it's very easy to get distracted in cybersecurity because there are so many different paths, so many different ways, different things that you can learn, different skills that you can acquire. And so I think it's really important to kind of like follow the things that interest you right? And get into them. Like there's nothing wrong with specializing in cybersecurity. I almost think it's a requirement um, to do well. Um, So if you're the type of person that gets really curious and you hyper obsess over stuff, you'll probably do really well here. Um, But yeah, I would just say, follow that curiosity, find a community that uh, supports you and is there for you and can help guide you. Um, And then I always push this one, like find a mentor if you can. Um, that's one thing I wish I had found way earlier at the beginning of my career was a mentor. And I cannot tell you how impactful having a mentor can be to helping you stay focused and and like really drill down into your career the way that you need to so you don't waste your time. So, wow,
0: yeah. uh, absolutely <laughs> amazing advice there. McKenna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your journey, as well as your tips and tricks. Everyone, have a great day. Follow McKenna on LinkedIn. Visit her at cybermckenna.com. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe and hit that notification button. And for those listening to us after the fact on podcast, give us a 10-star review and share us with all your friends and family. Thank you all. Have a great day. Bye